And welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, coming to you live today from very cold and rainy New York City, right here on TalkingAlternative.com. And <clears throat> before we even start, I'm just going to say that uh, I have a little bit of a sore throat, so if I sort of cough or clear my throat throughout this um, episode, just you know, know that I'm uh, I'm going to do my best not to do that. Um, so today's episode, um, I'm going to talk about a recent Dr. Oz episode. I think it was on about two weeks ago. It featured a physical therapist and not only the Dr. Oz show, let me back up for a moment. So not only the Dr. Oz show, but I guess just really how physical therapy is represented, represented within the media and, and what people think physical therapy is. And, and I think that what we do and what the public sees, there's a, certainly a disconnect there. And I'll get to that later on in the show. But first off, um, I just wanted to kind of address what uh, the Dr. Oz show, uh, the content of that show. And, and, you know, again, if anyone has any questions or comments, if you saw the Dr. Oz show, if you're a physical therapist and you want to talk about it, or if you're not a physical therapist and you have questions about maybe what was on it, definitely call toll-free at 877-480-4120. So during the Dr. Oz show entitled Cutting Edge Techniques for Back Pain, so obviously it's a very catchy title, you know, there's millions and millions of Americans with back pain, so obviously you're going to get a lot of people to watch the show and want to learn what these cutting edge techniques are. Um, and, And since the show aired... There were a lot of physical therapists, and rightfully so, that were upset, that me one of them, that felt that the show was a really poor representation of our profession as a whole, and a poor representation of, of what we do. And, and quite frankly, I'm going to say I felt uh, that it was just bad information to give to someone. You know, when you hear that title, cutting edge techniques for, for low back pain, if you're a low back pain sufferer, you're going to think that this is the best thing that you can do for your low back pain. And, and in, in a moment, I'm going to kind of break down each of the things that were presented to hopefully show people why they, A, are not cutting edge, and B, may not be the best thing for you. And, and another thing to, to think about, and this is something that a patient of mine said to me this morning, is you always have to be wary when someone says, this is the one thing that can cure your pain. You know, because if, if there was one thing, it, two things, Dr. Oz presented three things, don't you think if these were the three cutting edge things that can solve your back pain, wouldn't you already know about it? Wouldn't your doctor have said something to you? Wouldn't your physical therapist have said something to you? And, and if you've listened to any of my shows, then you know I talk about pain a lot, chronic pain and acute pain. And you know that pain is a very complicated, uh, complicated thing. And, and it's, it's a full body process. It's an output of the brain. And, and we'll go through the, the three things that were discussed on the Dr. Oz show. And keeping in mind that pain is a, a, a staple of the nervous system and an output of the brain, if you think logically about the three things that were presented, then you will know that it just will not eliminate your back pain. So the first thing that was touted on Dr. Oz was ultrasound. Now, a lot of physical therapists use ultrasound. We were taught about ultrasound in school. The question is, does ultrasound work? Is there sufficient evidence to show that ultrasound works? So even if you've gone to physical therapy, odds are you've probably had ultrasound. I used to use ultrasound A lot when I first graduated from physical therapy school many, many years ago. I won't go into how long ago it is. But now, let's talk about, first, what is ultrasound? Now, I'm going to sort of quote from 
uh, Paul Ingraham. He is a wonderful writer. His website is saveyourself.ca. He's Canadian. And if you really want to go through this whole article that he wrote on Does Ultrasound Work, it's saveyourself.ca slash ultrasound. So that makes it really easy. So let's talk about first, what is ultrasound? And this is reading, uh, quoting Paul. It's the use of sound waves above the range of human hearing to treat musculoskeletal problems, especially inflammation. It is most widely employed by physical therapists and has been an extremely popular therapy since the 1950s. So now let's think about cutting edge. That was one of the claims of the Dr. Oz show. It's been around since the 1950s, not so cutting edge. And there are many Flavors of the therapeutic ultrasound using different intensities and frequencies of sound, but all share the basic principle of quote-unquote stimulating tissues with sound waves. And then he says something really, really interesting. Almost everyone seems to assume that ultrasound is proven good technological medicine, but that just doesn't seem to be the case. And then he goes on, and and what he does is he really does a thorough literature review, and and I did a literature review also. And and really, there's not a lot of literature on the efficacy of ultrasound. And there was one uh, review that I found uh, kind of interesting from the PT Journal, uh, and this is through the APTA, And it's a review of therapeutic ultrasound effectiveness studies by Valmo Robertson. And this was in physical therapy in July of 2001. It's 2013. Again, not cutting edge. And basically, the discussion and conclusion says that there was little evidence that active therapeutic ultrasound is more effective than placebo ultrasound for treating people with pain or a range of musculoskeletal injuries for promoting soft tissue healing. The few studies deemed to have adequate methods examined a wide range of patient problems, and the dosages used in these studies were varied considerably, often for no discernible reason. So, you know, and and when you you sort of go through Paul's uh, article on uh, saveyourself.ca, it's true. He writes, there's a jarring, bizarre lack of research for such a popular therapy. So, you know, right away, this was the first thing that was touted as being cutting edge, and, and it's just not. It's not cutting edge, and it's not even known to be reliable, and not even known to really work. So, you know, this is one thing that, you know, why would you tout this as something that the general public is now going to run to their therapist and say, I need to have ultrasound because I have low back pain. So I think it's a little irresponsible. So now you know that ultrasound, eh, not very cutting edge, A, and B, not really known to work, doesn't have good reliability or good validity, which means it just doesn't have good scientific proof or evidence proof that it works. Now... I was at a continuing education course in September or October, and it was part of the IFOMPT uh, in 2013 in Canada. So I was taking a class with David Butler, and they talk, he and Laura Mosley talk about sort of the biopsychosocial aspect of healing pain. And I guess a question then becomes, if someone comes, and this is something that I don't know the answer to, so if you're out there listening and you want to call in and, and, and talk about this subject, please do so. But if a patient comes to you and they say, the last physical therapist I went to did that thing with the gel on my back, which we know would be the ultrasound, and it really worked, cured my back pain. You know, I haven't had pain for five years. This is the first time. So knowing that the patient has such a strong belief that this is going to work, do you do the ultrasound knowing, even knowing that it's not reliable and and it was probably not the reason that their pain went away, do you do the ultrasound or do you educate the patient on pain science, neuroscience and pain, and you educate them on what the ultrasound is known to do and not do? Now, I think I personally would go for the the latter, but, you know, judging by if the patient has these really hardcore beliefs, will that be enough to de-threaten their situation? And, And in that case, maybe that's the only time you use an ultrasound. I don't know. This is just something that I thought about this morning, and so I thought I would bring it up today. Anyway. 
So ultrasound, that was the number one thing that they touted as being cutting edge for your back pain. The second one was a tiger bomb patch. Now, I don't think I have to go into that much explanation that a tiger bomb patch, I mean, think about it. Pain comes from the nervous system. It's an output of of the brain. So how is a transdermal patch going to cure your back pain? I, I just don't think that there's really warrants much of a discussion. And, and even when I had said this to people, most people make the face like the, the confused face, the head tilt to the side face and, and say Tiger Bomb. Or a lot of people don't know what Tiger Bomb is. And then you explain, well, it's kind of like Bengay or it's this. So I don't think much explanation has to go into why Tiger Bomb is, in, is not going to be the thing to cure your back pain. Now, the third thing that was mentioned on the Dr. Oz show was a bumpy ball. So a bumpy ball is a small air-filled ball with bumps on it, exactly like you would think. And this was at least part of the show showing that exercise and movement can be helpful for low back pain. And of course, that's very true. The exercise that was shown, I think I would be a little wary of because I am a person who has no back pain. And I do a similar exercise where they place the ball underneath your, your sacrum or your pelvis, it looked like it was very hard to, to actually discern exactly where they were putting it, um, which is a whole other thing that we'll get into in the next segment. But I don't have back pain. I do this type of exercise with my Pilates instructor, and I have to say, I can get through like 10 of them before I really and truly start to lose my form. So is it not a little irresponsible to show someone an exercise to do at home on their own without the supervision of someone they're watching to make sure they're maintaining good form. And another thing to remember is when you have pain, and we've talked about this extensively on the show, when you have pain, whether it be acute or chronic, a lot of times you kind of, you lose the sense of how your back is moving. So your proprioception is a little off because like we said, pain kind of affects, it's part of your nervous system. It's an output of your brain. So you kind of get that smudging around the area. And we talked about smudging a lot here, so I'm not going to go into it right now. But, you know, all of a sudden that area of your back, you're not quite sure how it moves. Maybe you're not quite sure you can feel that your muscles are working. And so to give out advice to do what I felt was a very advanced exercise to someone who maybe can't even feel if they're moving in the right way can actually do more harm than good. So those were the three things that were brought up on the Dr. Oz show, and I just wanted to at least address each one individually and give people a little bit of an explanation as to what they are, why maybe they're not so great, and why maybe they're not so cutting edge. Um, And again, I really thank uh, Paul for allowing me to quote him and to quote his blog. And again, that's saveyourself.ca slash ultrasound. If you really want to find out more about ultrasound, that he wrote a wonderful article. It's a great place to go. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about... I think other therapists' reaction to that show and, and where we as a profession can maybe move forward and, and start to change our image a little bit in the mainstream media. So everybody stay tuned. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183 The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. 
Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. Be happier and make more money. Improving communications. That's the answer. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and thank you all for tuning in. And again, if anyone has any questions or comments, uh, please feel free to call in toll-free at 877-480-4120. So in, in the last segment, we sort I sort of brought you through the three things that were deemed cutting edge and that were on the Dr. Oz show, cutting edge techniques to... Eliminate back pain. So uh, over the commercial break, we were sort of talking about that question I posed as to if the patient really believes that the ultrasound worked, do you do it to appease the patient belief? And, and like I said, I feel like the answer is probably no, um, or the answer is no. And then there's another uh, quote that I'm going to take from uh, the from Paul's article um, on saveyourself.ca, and it's by Jason Silvernail. He's a doctor, a physical therapy board certified orthopedic physical therapist, um, and he has been on this show twice before. And, and he has a really interesting quote, and it's, in most cases, I consider ultrasound less than useless. That's eight to ten minutes wasted that I could be doing something that might actually help. So, you know, instead of doing the ultrasound, you might be able to educate this patient uh, neuroscience pain education that I've, that I spoke about, uh, with Lorimer Mosley and with Adrian Lowe, you may spend that eight to 10 minutes doing some manual work, or how about some evaluative work? How about looking at the patient's meaningful task that I spoke about with Diane Lee and Linda Joyley just this month? You know, so I think as the therapist, you have to kind of look at your patient and think, well, I need to prioritize here. And I need to see what is going to work for this patient. And knowing that ultrasound doesn't, you know, I think, you know, Sam, our producer here, said, you know, if the person is that adamant about it, then I think as a good therapist, you can gently steer them away from it. You can start to have them understand what pain is and and how pain can be affected. So just a little uh, side note from the last segment. Um, So now there's another piece uh, that I read after this whole thing happened. A couple of great PTs sort of put up on their blogs about uh, that article and and their disappointment with it. One of them, who I was hoping to have on the show today, Eric Robertson, unfortunately, he has to work. Um, Oh, well. But I think he's going to come on in March, and we'll talk to him uh, in detail then. But he wrote a great uh, post on pttinktank.com. And if you don't know PT Think Tank, you should. They post some great things for four physical therapists, four patients, and um, it's just a great, uh, great blog. So Eric wrote um, 
it, it was uh, all good, all press is good press, sort of question mark, question mark, question mark. So in this case, and it's funny, he starts the article off saying, well, physical therapy didn't exactly have a sex tape this week, but over the past several days, two notably large media outlets have featured PT in ways we might not at first glance like to be defined. One of them was the Dr. Oz show. And uh, the other one was a website called greatest.com, the eight best physical therapy methods explained, featuring uh, two physical therapists. Now, the problem is, and, and I think he, he says this right in the beginning of the article, and I think that, that, that uh, everyone's uh, better for listening to this advice, but he says, now before you hire the lynch mob to go find these blasphemous physical therapists who soured the public's view of the profession... Pause for a moment and understand how the media works. PTs do not direct and produce media development, um, meaning the Dr. Oz show is not produced by a PT. This website is not produced by a PT. So because they're not the ones producing and directing it, sometimes the actual message of the PT can get lost in there. Um, Often, by the time the expert is contacted, the direction of a particular spot is already formed. Meaning, the producers, the host, whoever is in charge, the writer, they may already have something in their head that they want to put out there to the public. Now, um, I agree that the Dr. Oz show could have gone a different way, meaning as the PT, you could have said, you know, that doesn't align with best practice. That doesn't align with my beliefs, and I don't think I can do this. But don't forget that a lot of times things are edited, things are taken out of context. We know that by watching any news program, anything. You know, you catch the sound bite, you catch the the tiny piece, and, and we've talked about this on the show before, you'll look at a research paper, and you're cherry-picking what best aligns with, with what you want to put out to the world. So I think we have to, to really definitely keep that in mind, that, that these aren't necessarily bad PTs, but that it's bad PR for PT. So um, uh, within Eric's article, and, and it's really great, instead of uh, talking about and, and let's say, you know, bitching about these three things that were on the Dr. Oz show, let's offer up some alternatives to what was proposed on the Dr. Oz show. So there's a couple of different, uh, he sort of quotes from another PT and, and gives his own. So first I'll give that quote from the other PT, Alan Besselink. Uh, he responded to the greatest article, Um, expressing not only his distaste for yet another passive treatment article, but also his idea of the four best physical therapy treatments for patient-centered care. So his are mechanical assessment, patient education, exercise, mentorship, and guidance, which are all, of course, should be part of the staple of every physical therapist. And Eric's list, he has five best physical therapy treatments for patient-centered care, stealing some directly from Alan, are mentorship and guidance, exercise, pain reduction, movement education, and health optimization. So let's first look, because, you know, let's look at pain reduction, because everybody goes to, the, the thing with being a physical therapist is by the time the patient gets to you, they have had pain for at least a week. Sometimes it's months. Sometimes it's years. So we really want to look at pain reduction as a physical therapist. And Eric writes, through an integrated strategy that can include hands-on manual treatment, targeted coping strategies, and even the judicious use of passive, passive modalities, physical therapists can have a great impact on acute and chronic pain, either helping patients to overcome the cause of that pain or giving them tools to minimize and cope with their pain. So you know, something that I think I'll add is, and it's something that I've started doing over the past two years, let's say, is really getting in that neuroscience pain education. And it's something that we talk about again and again and again on this show. But you that if you want cutting edge, that should have been on the Dr. Oz show at, as cutting edge. Just given that we know more about pain now than we did 10 years ago. 
certainly much more cutting edge than an ultrasound machine that's been used since the 1950s. And there are also more and more studies showing that pain education can help to reduce pain in population in patients with pain, even more so than uh, exercise alone. So I think every physical therapist should have a deep understanding of, of the science behind pain and also a deep understanding and the ability to get across these very scientific and difficult concepts to their patients. And again, you know, I, I think I did a show on this in December. I've had Lorimer Mosley on, Adrian Lowe, Barrett Dorco, uh, you know, you, uh, David Butler. They've all been on the show and, you know, when you listen to them speak and the way that they can get across these complex, uh, these complex ideas so easily, it's, it's not an impossible task. It just takes a little bit of time, a little bit of reading, and a little bit more understanding. And, and again, all of those interviews, so if you're joining us today for the first time, all of those interviews are up for free on iTunes under the podcast Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So... If you don't know a lot about pain, I highly suggest that you go and you listen to these uh, podcasts because they're they're amazing guests, and it's it's um, you'll have a much better understanding as to how pain works and also how to how to talk to your patient about that. Um, now, both Alan and Eric touted exercise, which of course. But the thing that you have to remember and the thing that was not shown on the Dr. Oz show is you can't give a patient a really hard exercise right off the bat. You have to do a graded exercise program, meaning that you start with smaller exercises that maybe target specific muscles, target specific movements, and then you gradually increase the complexity and and the difficulty of those exercises so that the patient can transition A, safely, and, and B, the patient can also have, and, and I think this is a big one, but if you start someone out with an exercise that's so difficult or that increases their pain, they're not going to do the exercise. So by using a graded exercise program and starting with something that's easy and doable, the patient will then be able to transition very easily through more difficult exercises because A, they will understand how their body is moving and how they're feeling, and B, they will have a sense of accomplishment by saying, oh, I remember a month ago when I couldn't even do this tiny little exercise, and now look what I can do now, and I don't have pain when I do it. And that is powerful. And on that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these commercial breaks. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, I'm Dana. And I'm Don. We are certified certified mediators. mediators. And I am a family and couples licensed therapist and author of Please Don't Buy Me Ice Cream. Our show, New Beginnings, is about helping you and your family recover financially and emotionally and start the beginning of your life. We'll answer your questions on divorce, family court, co-parenting, personal development, new relationships, blending families, and more. Dana and I will bring you to a place of empowerment and belief that even though marriages may end, families are forever. Join us every Monday starting September 10th at 10 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
And welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and we are here coming to you live on TalkingAlternative.com. And again, if anyone has any questions, feel free to call in at 877-480-4120. So I realized in the last segment, um, as I was reading through some of these, that I was talking really fast. So I totally apologize for that. I think I read really quickly, and so it comes out of my mouth really quickly. So I'm just going to kind of slow down and reiterate those points that, that Eric and Alan made um, in Eric's article on PTThinkTank.com. And it is the, le- the list of the five best, so I'll take Eric's first, the list of the five best physical therapy treatments for patient-centered care. And uh, there's some overlap here. One is men- mentorship and guidance, which Alan Besselink also uh, wrote about. Exercise, which also overlaps. Pain reduction, movement education, and health optimization. And Alan also wrote in there patient education, mechanical uh, assessment. So um, I just wanted to kind of slow down and kind of read those again, because I think that they are uh, some really fantastic ideas for, for the way, for the way that a physical therapist should look at how they treat and the way the public should look at how physical therapists treat. And, you know, Eric wrote, something that was really, really nice and and to close everything out. And he said, here's what we need to remember. Physical therapy is lucky enough to be a profession that does get mentioned in the national press. Inherent in these two spots is something very strong and very important. It's the idea that physical therapists fix you. Even if the scholars of our profession squirm when the national media misses the mark on evidence-based treatments, the idea that physical therapists can take care of you is still very present and very powerful. That is our true brand, and I can live with that. And I agree with that, but I'm going to add even something more. I agree that, yes, a physical therapist can fix you, but... Isn't it also good to know that a physical therapist can help to prevent the injury from happening in the first place? You know, and I think that's where, in my mind, a lot of the PR, if if you will, of physical therapy kind of, kind of isn't touted maybe quite as loudly. That we as physical therapists, and, and I think Diane Lee and Linda Joy Lee really expressed this in, in their interviews, and in that they were both hired by a soccer team in, uh, in the UK to evaluate their players who, who don't have pain or who, who maybe just have minimal pain from, from being a professional soccer player. So they were able to evaluate each of those players and look at maybe where they're having, and Diane and and LJ call it, areas of failed load transfer. So perhaps they don't have any pain, but maybe this is an area of weakness that they can do the right exercises to help support this area. So long story short, after being evaluated by LJ and Diane, this team went on to win their division and had, I think, I'm going to say less than five injuries all season long, which is amazing. So I think that as a physical therapist, I think the general public can also know that you can go to a physical therapist if you're not injured. I mean, I've had, I had a patient come to me. He was about to train for a marathon. Granted, he was from the UK. But he said, you know, I really wanted to make an appointment with the physical therapist first just so that, you know, I, can, I know that I'm doing the right stretches or I know I'm doing the correct exercises for me. Versus just following, you know, uh, um, an outline of exercises that you should do when you run a marathon. And so I think it's important for people to know that physical therapists can go beyond just treating a painful uh, condition or can go beyond fixing you, which we can. But I think we should also be noted as people that you can go to when you're not injured and that we are exercise and movement specialists. So I think that's something in my mind that's very important and that a lot of people don't really think about when it comes to physical therapy. Um, Now, uh, let's kind of move forward and talk about, so, you know, both of this article on greatest.com and the Dr. Oz show really got me thinking about, you know, what is it as a profession? What is it that we are, I mean, yes, it's great that we're getting press, but why is it whenever we get the press, it's for kind of passive, 
uh, maybe bells and whistles kinds of things like an ultrasound or a cold laser or a tiger bomb patch, I guess. Um, but I think the move, the movement in the physical therapy profession, and, and I think that we've talked about this before, especially with Jason Silvernail, is, is moving us out of the, the operator form of a healthcare practitioner and moving us into an interactor. So the operator means the person who's just giving you the ultrasound, who's putting a hot pack on you, um, versus the interactor, meaning the person that is sitting down and listening to your story, extrapolating from the story what we feel is, what you feel is important, and what we feel like we now need to evaluate, to start our evaluative process. So becoming more interactive with your patient versus just being an operator of your patient. Because a patient, you're not going to get better just laying on a table and having someone do all these modalities to you. You know, you want to have a relationship with your physical therapist, and you want that physical therapist to be more of an of an interactor with you. You want them to be able to explain things to you as as the patient. So. If you're the patient and you're going into a, a physical therapy clinic and you're laying there the entire time and not doing anything, you know, it, it might be a signal to you that, hey, you know, I'm, I deserve more than this, you know, and my health is, deserves more than this. Because, I, I, I mean, you know, there's good PTs, there's bad PTs, just like there's good doctors and bad doctors, good lawyers and bad lawyers. So, you know, I think as the patient... You want to feel as though your therapist is interacting with you and not just, quote-unquote, operating on you. So I think that's something very important, and I think it's something that the physical therapy profession as a whole really needs to embrace. Because, you know, as I was sort of reading and researching for this show, I thought to myself, you know, as a person, when you're trying to better yourself or you're you're looking to, to have a... a a more positive image of yourself. It's, a, it's very easy to look outside of yourself and blame this person and that person and that person for maybe disparaging you or for calling you out on things. It's a lot harder to look within yourself and say, well, what can I do for myself to change myself and to change my thinking about myself and therefore other people's thinking about me? And so I think as a physical therapy profession, and again, this is solely my opinion, um, as, as being a part of the physical therapy profession, I think the profession as a whole, we need to look into ourselves, look into our profession, and say to ourselves, well, how am I, inter- how am I interacting with my patient? Because every interaction I have with my patient is my, is my PR. That is my public relation. So if you are going into work, and, and this is a discussion for a totally different show, we know uh, reimbursement rates and things like that have dropped. So sometimes, hey, listen, maybe you have to see three or four patients an hour, which is hard. You know, I know that is difficult. Not everyone has the luxury of seeing one patient an hour. You know, I'm lucky in that I see one patient an hour, one patient every half an hour. Not everyone has that luxury, but... Even if you have to see three or four patients an hour, I think you have to approach each one of those patients uh, with, like I said, this attitude of being an interactor and not an operator. You know, with mentorship and guidance, like Eric and Alan have, have said, you know, we have the knowledge base and capacity to act as health mentors. We need to provide instruction and progression and guidance. And... And, uh, you know, I think that's very, a very important thing to remember. And you want to approach your patient with having that idea of movement education. I think LJ said, LJ, uh, Linda Joy Lee, at the end of our discussion last week, she said she always, her and Diane now will always spend an extra 10 minutes at the end of a session with their, save 10 minutes at the end of a session with a patient to be able to educate them on the proper exercise and to be able to know that this patient understands the exercise it can do the exercise and so I think that's very important so I think you know as the profession as a whole if we can kind of take a look at at 
each one of us individually and what are we putting out to our patients and what is that patient then saying to their friend and to their friend and their friend and so on and so forth. Um, because, you know, I do see a lot of patients who, who have said, well, you know, I went to this place and they put a hot pack on me and, and then I did my exercises and then they kind of watched me and then they kind of moved my arm around and then I was done. But if all I have to do is a hot pack and exercises, can't I just do that on my own at the gym? And, and quite honestly, yeah, you can. So I think, you know, as a profession and as each individual therapist, regardless of how busy you are, I think before you go in and you start with that patient, take a deep breath and know deep down that, you know, you want to put your best effort into yourself in order to have the patient see, see you as this guider, as this mentor, as this interactor. And, and I think until every therapist across the country can do this, you know, then, then yeah, there, there may be a PR problem with physical therapy. But I think it's something that, that we as therapists have to, have to really embrace and really look inward into the profession and look inward at, at each of us in the way that we interact with, with our patients. And... Um, I think I'm just going to sort of let everyone kind of think about that. And, and we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then we will be right back. And I believe I have, uh, we'll be right back with Erica Mello, who is a physical therapist here in New York City. So everyone stay tuned and we'll get some of Erica's thoughts on this as well. So everyone stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and I am joined now with fellow physical therapist and uh, owner of Velocity Physio here in New York City, Erica Mello. Erica, thanks for calling in. Oh, my pleasure, Karen. You're doing a great job today. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to like mush in all this stuff into I, This is clearly something that probably should have taken like more than one show. Um, and, and perhaps like we'll revisit this again in, in February, I think. But, you know, you've seen. So first of all, you've seen the, the Dr. Oz show. You've yeah. read the greatest article. Um, you know, you and I talk extensively a- about this stuff. Um, but, you know, your part. Well, actually, tell the listeners sort of your role in the, the private practice section of the APTA. Oh, sure. Um, 
I am on the um, marketing and PR committee for the section, for the private practice section or the PPS section mm-hmm. of the APTA, and it's a relatively new committee. Um, we're probably just about a little over a year and a half old now, mm-hmm. and um, you know, Don Levine is the chairman of the uh, the committee, and um, he's done a great job. And we've, um, you know, we've sort of finding our mission over the past year, or so, mm-hmm. and um, it's um, it's been great. You know, we're really trying to you know service the members and um, you know really just develop our mission statement with regards to the PR and marketing for the section. And you know what? Let me get so let me get your take on on all of this, all of this press that has just come out over. I would say what maybe the past two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So what what is your what is your take on that? What is your opinion? I mean, <laughs> well, I always can't help myself. I actually um, when I saw Uh-oh. that, I, just, <laughs> I was like went ballistic. I you know I, I couldn't, for lack of a better word, I just couldn't believe that after all the evidence based, um, you know practice that we've had and all the clinical prediction rules that we've written and all the hard work that's been coming out of our profession that someone could get up, you know, um, you know, on, on a nationally recognized television show and say that ultrasound is cutting edge. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone with integrity, you know, as a physical therapist could do that. And I actually yeah. sent that, that, um, that clip to every member on the committee. And mm. I just, because we're trying to you know, bring a message to the consumer is to really show how do we show value to to the consumer because, you know, over the next year or so, even now, I mean, the consumer is spending a lot more for their health care and mm-hmm. they want to look for value in a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking for a therapist who does ultrasound is, doesn't show value and that clip sent us back a thousand years. Right. And I was just mortified. <laughs> right. Right. And that's why, like, in the beginning of the show, I really wanted to explain what ultrasound is and how there is not evidence. And, and Paul's article on SaveYourself.ca is great. Yeah. And, yeah. and really, he goes through a lot of the research. And, and I was like him looking for research, and I really couldn't find anything either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was kind of saying in the last segment that, you know, as you just as you try and look into yourself to better yourself, you know, right. you want to better yourself. Sometimes you can't look for all these outside things to, to improve your image or right. to improve your self-worth or your value, let's right. say. So do you agree that maybe perhaps as a profession, we need to kind of each one of us look into ourselves and make sure that we are, like you said, giving the patient the best value Correct. we can? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that, you know, everybody's different. Like you were saying, there's, you know, there's bad doctors, there's bad dentists, there's bad whatever. Um, But I think, you know, over the years, I mean, the physical therapists, we we tend to take things sitting down sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, over the, you know, each, um, each, um, sorry, that was my phone. I apologize. (laughs) Um, Every patient encounter, like you said, is, is the potential for a referral. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know we have direct access here in New York, but I know a lot of states do not, and I think that's really the first step starts. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to show value in in this country for physical therapy, and every patient that you see, you have to show that you're valuable. And it may be just sitting down with the patient and giving them a good clinical evaluation, because some patients just want to be evaluated Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, take their little home exercise program and, and see you later. If you yeah, that's true. You can give them true. a good evaluation. That's true. And just to say that they've been seen and, and by a physical therapist and they've done a full clinical evaluation, because there are many times where you've you know, said to me that you know, patients will say they've never been evaluated this way before. Right. And they've been right. to osteopaths and doctors and everybody, and, and no one's looked at them the way a physical therapist has looked, for, mm-hmm. looked at them. That never gets publicized. Right. And I think what's also important is it's not that, oh, you spent so much time with me. Right. You know, you can do a good thorough evaluation in less than a half an hour. Correct. Of course, it's better to have an hour. Right. And of course, it's better to have two hours. Right. But you can do a very good initial sort of preliminary evaluation in less than 30 minutes. So I think it's 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 not so much, oh, I have to spend so much time with the patient. It's I have to spend quality Quality time. time. And, you know, that quality time involves listening to their story and being, having a good, competent assessment. And, and that's something that I wish was touted more. Like, and I agree, that should have been on Dr. Oz. Right. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the, um, the uh, Diane uh, and LJ's work because that, the, 
with the integrated systems model, that work that they, the physiotherapists in London, um, in England did with, uh, I think it's Manchester United, but I, I don't, can't quote myself. Yeah, I wasn't great, 100% sure. Yeah, that's great PR. It's awesome. For physical therapy. Mm-hmm. If we heard that. I mean, uh, no one said anything about that. No they, one said it. I didn't know until Diane told me. I know. And I, <laughs> you know, having taken the course, I know, but that is phenomenal PR for physical therapy. Right. And and you work with a, an athletic team like that and you can increase their rate of injury. That's awesome yeah and and they won i know know. even better i know know, that's a that's that's a financial win for for the uh for the club right because if they're winning more people are going to come and and that's a a thing that that i wish that more people talked about was that you can go to a pt when you don't have pain right that shows value. Not only do you show value, you decrease the rate of injury. You save the, the you save the money. Yeah. It, you know, in the long run, yeah. and they 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 have a winning record. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's a win win situation. So, I mean, there's so much you know effort right now on 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 you know getting payment reform and. In the end, you will get payment reform if we can show us show the insurance companies that we are valuable. Mm-hmm. It's not just the consumers; it's it's everybody. Right, um, right. You know, I saw a TV show, a TV commercial last night. I think it was like a, a cable cable news provider, and the poor guy was setting up the cable, the cable, and he was crawling on his hands and knees like he hurt his back. And he said to his wife, "Honey, do you have the number for the chiropractor?" Mm-hmm. And I just said, "Oh, here we go." Right. You know, it's just an, it's just another thing. He could have said, "Do you have the number for the physical therapist?" Right. But he didn't. Right, right, <laughs> right. And and I think that a lot of that goes with what you said earlier about direct access care. If not direct, just for those who don't know, direct access means that you can go to a physical therapist directly without a doctor referral. And like you said, in New York, in New York, we have that. But then there's that little glitch of, well, your insurance company may not cover you unless there's a doctor's prescription. Right, right. So it's like a double-edged sword. You know, we have, and, and I feel like insurance companies, Medicare in particular, if I may say, yeah. Yeah. Do do not value what we do as physical therapists, and don't even see us as practitioners. Right, right. No, We're, they don't. They don't see us as healthcare practitioners. No, no. So you know, how can you gain? Obviously, I have a lot of respect for the the profession, and all of my patients, past and present, have a lot of respect for the profession. But unless you encounter a good physical therapist, and I am in no means saying I'm, I'm this, like, wonderful PT, you know, I'm, I'm just doing the best I can here, but, but I think unless you encounter a good PT and you have this really good experience and you feel like you're smarter for knowing this PT, you're, you're better for knowing this PT, and yep. you now know what, what I think is important, it's something Corey Blickenstaff talks about a lot, is the patient now knows what to do. Right. Right. You know, so you make them more autonomous. Right, exactly. And one of my patients said to me, and I think I posted it on Twitter, she said a good physical therapist is like going to college. And she's right, because you learn. And if, that is, if that's not value, and that's, and, and, and that's cheaper than going to college, honey. So. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and it's not like you're going to the chiropractor every week, because they keep coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we discharge people, and that is valuable. And I think, you know, you know not all states, you know, some states say they have direct access, but they don't have real direct access. Right. Um, and I do think going forward, it, it's, it's a big thing that, that, you know, we have to, I don't know if we need a rebranding or if we need I think something. we need a rebranding. Yeah, I mean, I would probably agree. <laughs> I, I would probably, I mean, I've had patients come in and say, just show me some exercises. I'm like, exercise. What about, you know, the, I, I, you know, I said to a patient today, I, I really don't stand here with a checklist. I mean, I, that's something I don't do at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, I think people still see us as just standing in front of you on a bike, and that's right. not what I do. Right, and that's, that's sort of the difference between the operator and the interactor. Correct. You know, Correct. If, if, and not to mention, as a physical therapist, we are now, you know, PTs graduating now have their doctorate degree. Yeah. Seven years of school. Do you seriously want to spend seven years of schooling, time, and money to stand and watch someone on a bike? Right. Right. You no, know, and it, and me. if you're in a clinic as a new graduate or or any PT, if you're in a clinic where that is what is the norm, get out of the clinic. Right. Right. But they think that's the norm. That right. Could, that's that's the problem. Right. Right. And so, you know, I think I, I agree. I think we need a, a whole new rebranding strategy. Yeah. Um. And and I also think that, you know, each therapist and I like I said before you really have to treat each patient like they're they're your PR yep. if you want better PR then then you have to 
you have to, and I'm going to use your word, value yourself first. Yep. Value what you do and value that patient. Yep. Yep. And I think that you have to show passion for what you do. I think Absolutely. a lot of a lot of therapists are very somewhat, you know, jaded. Uh, yes. Yes, about, I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, about, about about the insurance. And, yeah. and you know, it, it tends to get to you after a while. And I think, you know, if you're passionate about what you do and you show integrity, um, it, it you will show value and, and, it, and it will come across in how mm-hmm. you treat the patient. And, you know, I just, it's unfortunate that, you know, th- these appearances get broadcast on national TV. Yeah. And um, I just, I just, just am so disappointed in that. I really yeah. was. I agree. I agree. And I think on that note, unfortunately, I'm out of time. Boo. I wanted to talk more. Um, But I think that's a a great way to end the show and sort of a great quote to end the show with. So, Erica, thanks so much for calling in. Oh, my pleasure, Karen. Thanks for having me. Sure. And and everyone out there, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, know that that. The profession of physical therapy is is much more than ultrasounds and bouncy balls and tiger bomb and and passive modalities and that we are highly educated like i said now doctorate level healthcare professionals um and and i think that's really important for everyone to know and um on that i will see you all here next week where i'm actually going to be uh talking about crossfit uh, with a CrossFit trainer and, and owner Keith Britton. So, everyone, thanks for tuning in and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, I'm Dana. And I'm Don. We are certified certified mediators. mediators. And I am a family and couples licensed therapist and author of Please Don't Buy Me Ice Cream. Our show, New Beginnings, is about helping you and your family recover financially and emotionally and start the beginning of your life. We'll answer your questions on divorce, family court, co-parenting, personal development, new relationships, blending families, and more. Dana and I will bring you to a place of empowerment and belief that even though marriages may end, families are forever. Join us every Monday starting September 10th at 10 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower Radio Program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neosage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. 
talkingalternative.com.